This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Millions of Americans are unemployed, yet nearly 4 million U.S. jobs can't be filled by employers. We'll have the story. Companies will move their operations wherever they need to in order to get the workforce that they need. This is an important consideration for local communities, for local governments. Then, the statistics on sexual abuse are staggering. We'll have an honest discussion with an expert on how abuse victims can heal. Healing is about writing about it in your journal, taking your energy and putting it into something really positive, talking about it with a therapist. That's what healing is about. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stay with us. The program begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Millions of Americans are unemployed and struggling to find work. Yet companies of all kinds report they can't find people to fill their open positions. What's going on, and is there a way to solve this problem? With more about this, we welcome Kiplinger staff economist David Payne to InfoTrack. David, before we get into the reasons for this employment gap, can you tell us what kind of numbers are we talking about? What's the estimate of the number of unfilled jobs out there? Well, currently there are 3.9 million job openings in the U.S. right now, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And how many people are looking? Can you give us a number in terms of that? Well, we do have 11.3 million unemployed Americans. Again, the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us that those are all folks who are looking for work, some of them looking more diligently than others, but that's still quite a few folks. So what are some of the reasons for these shortages that employers report in terms of finding good people? Well, although there are the usual issues of folks just not matching up with the job openings in their area, most of the problem seems to be coming from the fact that employers are looking for workers with certain skills. And most of those unemployed don't have those skills. They need to be trained to get them in some way. Is part of this problem due to baby boomers with skills retiring from the workforce? It is true that the retirement numbers are going to be significant over the course of the next few years, and most of those workers are skilled and will need to be replaced. David, from the employer's standpoint, what options do they have in terms of finding skilled labor? Is it to bring in people from outside our country? What are their options? Certainly some companies have looked outside of the United States for workers. Those numbers are limited, however. The number applying for technical-oriented visas is capped at 65,000, and those tend to run out very quickly. So really, what's required is to grow our own talent. And there are a number of things being done along these lines. For example, there are large companies like Ingalls Shipbuilding that have created uh, large apprenticeship programs that train thousands in Pascagoula on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and in Newport News, Virginia. Companies that are smaller that don't have those kind of resources are banding together in self-help associations such as the Northeastern Wisconsin Manufacturing Alliance, and together they're able to promote skilled machinist job training to high school and college students with a more coordinated method than they could if they were doing it separately. 
But perhaps the most effective method is to combine the efforts of business together with local governments and schools. Ted Gordon, in his book, Future Jobs, refers to these cross-cooperative efforts as regional talent innovation networks. And community colleges are particularly important to this effort because they are often physically located closer to the business community than the four-year schools are. They tend to have tighter connections with them, and also because of their experience putting together non-credit vocational training programs, they have the flexibility to move quickly. We're talking on InfoTrack with David Payne, staff economist with Kiplinger. David, in terms of the industries that are most affected by this problem, you know, the staff shortages, engineering, absolutely, manufacturing, certain manufacturing areas, technology, those sorts of things? Yes, economic modeling specialists international did a study where they looked at various occupations comparing how many job openings there were going to be in those occupations with the number of unemployed from that area as well as new graduates and the occupations that they identified as being the most in need of uh, new worker supply would be the highly skilled areas such as engineering, information technology, high-skilled health care such as physicians, nurses, therapists and other specialists, accountants and financial analysts. In terms of worker flexibility and telecommuting, are these trends going to keep expanding in the future, giving companies more options for finding workers? Well, yes, I would think so. Companies will want to increase all of their options in order to attract the best talent. If I'm an unemployed person and I want to brush up on my skills, what would you suggest? Is there a way to do this, or are we talking about years of college careers here? Well, that's one of the reasons why we have this problem to begin with, is because most of these skilled positions require some years of college or training, and so it requires an investment over time. Job markets in each community tend to be different, and so for the unemployed person or the young person looking to start out, it would be helpful for them to do some research on what the particular needs are in their area and also what types of skilled positions that are being offered in their area. And again, a good place to do that is to start at the community college level. Most community colleges do have programs for older folks. Those colleges have become very adept at offering two tracks. You know, one track being the traditional academic route for people going on to four-year schools and the other track being vocational training. In my own area in the D.C. suburbs of Maryland, the Montgomery Community College has developed a uh, biotechnology program along with local business and the county government. It used to be that those life science companies would go overseas to hire Ph.D.s in China to do their lab work because they were cheaper than hiring Ph.D.s in the U.S. But someone had the bright idea to ask whether those Ph.D.s were really necessary to do the lab work that these life sciences companies wanted to do and whether workers here could be trained to do the same. And the answer was yes, they could. One of the uh, statistics here is that by the year 2020, which isn't that far away, 75% of U.S. jobs will require higher skills, estimated to be 122 million jobs, yet fewer than 100 million will be qualified or even semi-qualified for those jobs. So there is quite a gap there that we're looking at. If we do not meet that gap, what do you see as an economist? Is this going to affect the U.S.'s economic strength? I expect that the companies will move their operations wherever they need to in order to get the workforce that they need. So, yes, this is an important consideration for 
local communities, for local governments, for state and local economic development efforts is to make sure that the companies have the trained workforce that they need to conduct those operations here in the United States. And many of the unemployed, I would assume, are from blue-collar jobs. Do you see those jobs coming back in any way? Some of them will be coming back in different form. For example, there are the metal-cutting machines these days require computer programming. Now, the machinist doesn't actually have to write the code because the programmer will do that. But the machinist has to be able to work with a machine that is being run on computer program. So this requires a different skill set than simply, you know, coming out of high school and, you know, being shown how to turn on the machine and what to do. And so, again, the community colleges are beginning to set up training programs, what they call computer numerically controlled machinist positions. I'm thinking specifically of Monroe Community College in Rochester, New York. Well, it's certainly going to be an interesting uh, situation going forward with this gap between unemployed Americans and employers trying to find skilled workers for their companies. David Payne, staff economist with Kiplinger, thanks so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. You're welcome. And you can learn more at Kiplinger.com. Next, the statistics of sexual abuse are staggering. How victims can heal. Coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. <laughs> 